may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny It's episode 5 of The View from the Ninny And we're back once again after another game where Cardiff didn't score But for once we didn't concede either um, I think, is that our first clean sheet of the season? Or do we keep a clean sheet against Nottingham Forest? Ben, do you remember? Uh, clean sheet against Forest. There we go, good test. Uh, uh, joining me as usual, Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Ben, how are you? Not bad, mate. You? Yeah, hungover. Tom? Very well, mate, very well. <laughs> um, not, no hangovers from you guys? No, I'll talk about yours. Go on. Uh, yeah, I, just, um, I drank a lot of alcohol yesterday. Don't really remember going to bed. Um did, I can make one one recommendation though, if anyone's in, interested in a, a beer recommendation, uh, a Pearl La, you know the um, Polish beer, honey beer, delicious, about six percent, and it tastes like a dessert. Um, <laughs> I'm more intrigued nice. by Bucky Bombs, to be honest. They oh, Bucky like Bombs. Them. It's not. It's not my. It's not my invention. Um, so I, I like mixing Buckfast into my different drinks. I'm, I used to go to a bar in London called the Bad Sports Bar, and they made. Copebridge Negronis, which is Buckfast and a Negroni, and I make those from time to time because they're delicious. But we went to um, Exhale, which is a local tap room in Walthamstow, and um, they had um, a thing on a menu called a Bucky Bomb, where you drop a shot of Buckfast into a Iron Brew sour beer and um, chug it, and it's really delicious. That makes sense with a hangover, then, really, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing that at sort of two in the morning, it explains quite a lot. Anyway, anyway, I tell you who hasn't got a hangover today, Neil Harris, because he wasn't celebrating a win. I don't know, that's a good link, is it? I'll take, yeah, I've heard worse from you. Um, I mean, let's, let's talk about the Blackburn game. Um, Nil-nil, Ben Price, might as well not have happened, right? It was all right. It was just, until the red card, we were probably the better side in that second half. Mm-hmm. We looked like the side that, while we didn't really create a lot, we looked like the side, if anything was going to come from anything, we were the side going to do it and score. And then uh, Tomlin loses his head. But before that, no, it was all right. It, like, hell of an improvement on the previous week's games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so much better than Reading. I'm pretty all right Pretty happy. It. Tom, are you happy as well? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. You know, it's a point on the road against the highest scorers in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Marlon Pack is good. Again. So that's two fingers up to you again. Um <laughs> And, you know, so, we, I'm not talk, so I'm not talking about the game. I'm asking you the questions. I know <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. about football. You know, we forced into a sub early on. We have a red card and we still keep a clean sheet. You know, and, it, and we're not the only team who aren't all guns blazing at the moment as well. Like, your football seems to be absolutely all over the place at the moment. So if, as long as we're within touch and distance, which we are, of the, like the top six, I'm, I'm happy at the moment. Yeah, you say that. I'm just looking at the league table now. And around us in the table, you have Stoke, Preston, Brentford, Norwich all of whom would have been pre-season favourites. Derby obviously won yesterday, but they're in 20th position and Nottingham Forest are in the, in the relegation zone. So, And as we talk, Aston Villa are 4-1 up against Liverpool. We've seen today Tottenham beating Man United 6-1. So I think football's drunk, right? It's as drunk as I was yesterday. It's all gone a bit sideways, isn't it? Everything's sort of going topsy-turvy. Bristol it City, is. top of the league. Spurs beating United at Old Trafford. Well, not just beating them, but hammering them. Yeah, um, Yeah, football's all going a bit strange. It is going a bit strange. And let's talk about the strange performances from yesterday as Shea Ojo, Marlon Pack, they all put in good performances, right? There's a bit of a two fingers up to the critics. Marlon Pack's critic, mainly me, then. 
Yeah, I thought the right hand side was fantastic. Um, oh, yeah, two two as well. And Ojo were just well again. Well, didn't create much. The improvement from those two and the understand they're sort of building up is like it gave me a bit of faith in them. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'll say two two. I sort of think as a player anyway, but Ojo really sort of stood out. Um, thought, I was looking at the Fot Mob stats. Um, if you want to sponsor us, Fot, Fot Mob, yeah, Fot Mob, get in touch. Get in touch. You sponsor everyone at the moment. Sponsor us. <laughs> so um, I was looking at that um, he was the only player in the first half for either side to have 100% pass success rate and made the most tackles out of any player on the pitch how many um, passes really, did he actually make overall though I think it was about 8 but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on don't ask questions like that just take it <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm joking I'm joking but yeah it's a um, massive improvement um, it's just it was one of the positives I took from that and Pack was absolutely phenomenal um, really, really, really good. It's, Tom, you, you, you were talk, we were talking just off air about you know your, your positive Tom this week. So obviously, I think Pack's performance was good. Ojo's performance good. There, there's stuff to build on there, isn't there? And I, I think maybe it's annoying that now we've got a couple of weeks off from a game. But going into the national break, is that do you see things that Harris can work on there and improve? Yeah, I think I actually think it's a good time for the international break to come for us because we're not setting the world alight, but we're on a bit of a you know bit of an upward curve at the moment and it's mm-hmm. time for those players who've come in because like, like we said before they haven't had a lot of time to gel now's the time to gel now's the time to you know I know that Kiefer Moore's going to be away with Wales but you know for the rest of them we can start working on things it's like Kiefer Moore doesn't need to be there to work on things he knows what he has to do it's just everyone else yeah. has to get better like, servicing him so yeah no, it's time for us to gel now over the next couple of weeks Harris can get a hold of them and hopefully we come out of this break and and fly up the league. I don't think we'll fly up the league, but I think we'll improve. I, I'm no doubt we'll improve after this international break. Well, what's interesting is that, again, looking at the FOTMOB stats, because um, my other stats app is broken, so FOTMOB, please get in touch. Um, Marlon Pack was the highest chance creator in the game. He created seven chances um, across the game, which is double the nearest person, which is Derek Williams from Blackburn with three. So is he the answer to number 10, Ben? Absolutely fucking not. But... <laughs> Um, him, play, him playing the way he's been going um, is a big improvement and sort of helps the midfield tick um, Bakuna sort of is a worry for me him and uh, Harris seems to be picking like preferring Pack and Bakuna as the midfield too um, if uh, Rolls obviously still carrying a bit of a knock and I just don't see what he's bringing to the side at the moment with that he doesn't seem to work well with Tomlin and just sort of went missing for most of the game um, it's, he's a weird, sort of, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because Volks, where's Volks at the moment? He, he just seems to be out of favour, doesn't he? He seems to sort of get pulled at the Reading game, and sort of, I don't know. It, it, it was, it felt like Harris was singling him out a bit of the way he subbed him mm. when all of the midfield were poor. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It just felt he just feel like he sort of dropped out of favour a little bit. He seems to prefer what Bakuna and Pack offer, but um, yeah, I'm just not seeing what Bakuna's offering at the moment. At the moment, not because let's not forget, end of last season, he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's the worry for me. And I also don't get the play Bennett when he's clearly not fit and then he comes off after 12 minutes because he's injured. Yeah, it's a strange one. And did Cunningham get a head injury in the game as well? Because he had a, oh, a bandage on. He got a um, head injury. He jumped up for a header with the, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Rothwell. Jumped mm-hmm. up for a header in the centre of the park. Rothwell's down the floor, KO'd. Um, Cunningham gets up, looks around, and just absolute pissing blood. <laughs> and looking around as if just not, not as, as if nothing's wrong. Just oh, you've got a bit of red on you, and then it's his red. 
And a huge shout out for Ashley dropping in on the Cardiff City commentary, the good old Jim Ross wrestling reference of he's got a crimson mask. <laughs> got a crimson mask. <laughs> he might have broken him in half. Um, uh, Tom, let's talk about Lee Tomlin. Um, he, fair to say he hasn't got going yet this season. And obviously, yes, they got a sending off. Um, does, it, does that show that sometimes he can be a liability or are you going to let this one slide because it's Lee Tomlin? No, nah, I'm not going to let it slide. I think it's absolutely daft. Like the first yellow card is not a yellow card. Mm-hmm. But from that moment on, you know you're on a yellow card. It's just such a stupid, petty little second yellow. Um, some people saying he's lucky it's not the straight red, but I think you know he catches him on the shoulder. I don't think it's straight red, but at first glance, it does look like he's just gone for his face. Yeah, and it's just stupid. We're already short in that position, and now we don't have him for the next game. But and then leaving us vulnerable for the last like twenty-five minutes. Probably if he if he didn't do that for another couple of minutes, he probably would have been subbed anyway, mm-hmm. and someone else would have come on. It's just it's just petulant, and he's got that in his locker. Like as as brilliant he is as a player, you just know he's got that kind of kicking out or put stupid pullback in him where he's just gonna just ruin a game for us. But uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating to say the least. In, look at the stats. Um, obviously, he's meant to be our creative outlet. Um, again, on FopMob, it said no chances created by Lee Tomlin. Um, was, did he have an impact on the game overall, or was he was he kind of in and out of the game? Uh, he, he, he was frustratingly. He was just, I'm jumping in. Yeah, jumping. <laughs> frustratingly, he was just starting to come into the game, and stuff mm. was starting to come from him. He had started um, the first half. He was playing a lot deeper. Um, mm-hmm. He was more of a midfield three rather than playing in a ten. And it was, wasn't working. Again, it was a problem for Kiefer. Kiefer was extremely isolated. I wasn't seeing much of the ball. That dropped deep himself, so we weren't, weren't creating anything. Second half, Tomlin starts and sort of pushed a lot further up. It was basically at some stage like 4-4-2, with Tomlin playing mm-hmm. up, up from with Kiefer. And it was working. It was starting to really make a difference. We were starting to put a bit of pressure on Black then. And it looked like we could have started, like the breakthrough was coming. And I think that's what pisses me off more, is yes, you can be frustrated that, it's not a lot's happened. We've not done a lot. But to do that when we're in the ascendancy and yeah. things are starting to go our way, um, it really, did, for all the three points, Tom has won for us, that he cost us three points on uh, yesterday. Big words, mate. Big words. Are you going to say that to his face? Yeah, probably. All right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, does it, does it beg the question, Ben was talking there about Kiefer Moore being isolated. You know, he scored a couple of goals already, but he didn't score yesterday, hasn't scored in a couple of other games. And this isn't a criticism of Kiefer Moore, but I, what I was going to say was, do you think that we don't service our strikers very well? Yeah, 100%. We, and we saw it last year with Glatzel. Yeah, it's, it's been a problem for a long time with us now, really. Um, we haven't had a striker bang in barely double figures for the last five or six mm-hmm. seasons. So, you know, we find... the last striker to score 10. Do Patterson got ten, didn't he? Patterson got ten in the promotion oh, season. Not, don't bring that back up, right? But, um, <laughs> but you know, like we we do need to service our strikers better, and it feels like we've finally got someone with Kiefer Moore where he offers you more than one type of way of servicing him as well. And uh, we need we need to learn how to do it. And it, it is worrying that we have Tomlin on the pitch and he created nothing as well. Um, uh, just 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 a, as an aside, Ken Zahor got twelve goals in twenty sixteen seventeen. So Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that big big Ken Kang score. <laughs> he was back for a while as well, wasn't he? He was oh. back, yeah, then he then he went. <laughs> now I don't know where <laughs> Very he is. Very quickly. <laughs> Very quickly he's gone. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's, it's it, yeah, I, I just 
it begs the question, really. Kiefer Moore can't do everything, right? Like, he does, at some point, is going to need a lot more support than just kicking the ball up to him and hoping that he can somehow take it down, turn around and score a goal all in one motion. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I'd, I'd quite like to see kind of like more Tomlin and Volks on the pitch at the same time. Because I think Volks sets the tempo. Without fans mm-hmm. being there, I feel like Volks yeah. absolutely clattering someone in the first 10 minutes... That's a te- Yeah, exactly. Sets the tempo a little bit. We look a little bit up for it then. Then have the creative spark of Tomlin as long as he's not going to get fucking sent off again. And then have more up there to be an option as well. And it'd be quite like, nice to see that kind of work. But we are relying. I, that's me, I think, clutching the straws, really. But we've got no depth. If we, if we need people in to kind of have that plan B. So if it's not working in one way, we can service more in another. I'd like to service him in another way. Um, quick, uh, just you, you mentioned the crowd point, and uh, it's something that Neil Harris has raised in, in the press a couple of times this week, Ben. I think he said something after the game yesterday about um, crowds not being in to almost like dictate the tempo. He's talked about it in that longer Wales Online piece about transfers and how being a Cardiff fan is, you know, one of the big attractions of Cardiff is the fan base and things like that. Do you think he's starting to make excuses or do you think it's a, a veritable, con- you know, like a, a, a proper concern for him? Um, it feels a bit like an excuse. I'm not saying that it doesn't have an effect and he hasn't got a point with it. No. But it's the same for everyone. And it's not like it's a brand, brand new thing of suddenly, oh, what, what the fans aren't here. We played for it with three, four months before. Yeah. and so we, we did all right with it at the back end yeah, of the season. Yeah, it fans. started. It's not like it's something new to us and just happened. It's been happening for a while. Um, and I get you sort of, the adrenaline, the, the novelty of, oh, we're back playing football again, it's going to wear off on a few players and some games aren't going to be that. But now nah, it feels like a bit of a just uh, an excuse to take a bit of pressure off a couple of players while they're just not hitting the heights. Look, mm. they, they got to the playoffs in a long season. It wasn't, a, it's, while everyone's, there's a lot of people saying it was a big squad, realistically, the amount of players we actually played, I don't think it was a big squad that actually played games and the disappointment of the playoffs. Like, it's a lot of change, a lot of things going on. Um, you don't need to make excuses. We know it's early days. You don't need to be going out and saying, oh, it's just because the fans aren't here. Things would be better if they were. Mm-hmm. I think, though, like, it's not a redundant point at all. And I know you're not saying that, but like, we, we have got quite a vocal fan base. And we do kind of, when we want to, G on the team. And then it's interesting to see clubs like Reading towards the top who have never really relied on their fans spurring them on. And I wonder mm. if it does really, how much of a difference it does make, you know, like, because they're used to playing in the what, third full Medeski stadium with nobody really getting behind them. So well, it's, it's, no, it's, it's no real difference to them at the moment, is it? And it's, it's, no. I don't guess any coincidence they're second. It's the, I was going to say the top four are, you know, terribly supported clubs Bristol, Reading, Bournemouth, and Swansea. Um, <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, Luton are in fifth, which is weird, but obviously Luton kind of t- tend to pack their grounds out. But yeah, you know, it's. It's two family-friendly clubs and then two of the worst football clubs in the world in Bristol and Swansea. So, um, you know, happy, clappy fans all around, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he, he mentioned, obviously, the, the signing the players. Um, sorry, I'm, you know, hangover's really, really settling in here. He said that the not being able to um, uh, have crowds and show off the fan base to prospective signings is kind of impacting what he does in the transfer window, Ben. We're, we're a couple, you know, I think tomorrow is the, the, the day the European window closes. Then we've got another couple of weeks for the domestic window um, to close. What do you realistically see happening now? It's, it's plainly obvious that we need to sign two or three players. Do you think we're going to get them in or do you think we're just going to struggle through? 
there's players I'd like to see us get, but I just don't think I trust. Who's I who's on your bloody wish list, Ben? Well, we we all, should we bring him up now? Shall we? Yeah, go on. This is transfer time. Cool. Uh, transfer we all talk. know. We all know on Saturday, uh, Villa released Hotter, and uh, he's the sort of man for me. I think he'd be he's perfect for what we need. The only issue mm-hmm. is he's going to be on a whack. But if you want to show a bit of ambition, we he's on a free. We've freed up a lot of wages. If you're just going to bring one bloke in to appease the fans, it's not just appease the fans, but make a bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. For me, he's the ideal player. There's not a lot about elsewhere that I think are better than what he could bring. According to WTF Foot, it's a website I've just discovered. Sponsor us um, if you want pay- to. Pardon? <laughs> they can sponsor us if they want to. Yeah, well. they want to yeah, well. get, everyone getting, get him, but... Hotter, Yotter, whatever you want to say his name, was getting paid £36,000 a week. Oh, £32,000, sorry, that was in euros. That was in euros. £32,000 a week at Aston Villa. I mean, that's not too far off our highest paid player, right? No, it's about... That's actually less than I thought he was on. I thought he'd be on 40-50 at Villa, the way they were play, paying some players last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, he's obviously... I think he'll know if he's dropping down to the championship where he looks like he's heading, he'll take a wage cut. Mm-hmm. He's obviously had a bit of a payoff from Villa. Um I don't think he's as unrealistic as some people sort of make out. I think it would be... Uh, he, he, should be right in, he should be right in our wheelhouse, right, Tom? Yeah, but if we're offloading the likes of Patterson to free up wages, we're not going to bring him in, are we? Because it wasn't as if we got a fee, much of a fee for Patterson. And just, as much as he should be in our wheelhouse, he's not going to be. Um, looking at it at the moment, I think this is going to be a season where we're kind of just going to hold for... We're not going to throw any much money out there and just hope for the best, I think. I, I can't see us bringing in someone of his calibre on anywhere near those wages and there'll be teams in the championship who will pay those wages they'll be panicking right now like the like Forest will sign anyone they want they've seen the amount of signings they make for the last few seasons yeah. I wouldn't be surprised they added another one to the list but I really just can't see him coming anywhere near us sorry Ben Tom's just shit all over your dream there oh yeah what happened to positive Tom sorry yeah positive yeah, yeah. Tom's already come uh, out he's ruined it <laughs> he's just... on his way down actually sorry yeah. I just had a brainwave though you know the whole he's saying we, there's no fans there to sort of convince signers to sign. Why doesn't he give him, get him on a Zoom call with Die Hunt? I mean, let's ask you that question, Ben. If you got on a Zoom call with Die Hunt, would it make you sign for you know? If if Bristol's equivalent of Die Hunt was on a Zoom call with you and they wanted to sign you as a footballer, would you want to do it? If he promised to stop talking, yes. <laughs> but he can't do that. You know he can't <laughs> yeah. do that. The and man is incapable of being quiet. <laughs> I like uh, yeah, I, I quite. I just in my head now. I'm just picturing Hotter being talked into joining the club by Di Hunt, and I'd like to see Hotter it. would probably not understand anything fucking, the man be... was saying. Look, then, then at least the club have got a reason. Ah, oh, so why didn't Hotter sign? <laughs> oh, fucking Di Hunt. And oh, every, every, die. Everyone, everyone will go every oh. time. Die every time. Say <laughs> die. If 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 you know Hotter's on, obviously, let's say our our. Um, respective wish list. Who else is on your wish list, Ben? Who else are you looking at and thinking he could be a good signing? That's the difficult thing. Like, I, it's hard, isn't it? It's it's a really difficult market. Like, I don't envy the club with that. I'm signing for Neil Harris. There's no one out there. There's lots of players, but you just, I just don't know where the club are shopping. But take take um, it the old Russell Slade analogy. We're not shopping at um, Harris anymore. We're shopping at Aldi. Are we even good stuff at Aldi, Aldi mate? Aldi's at Middle Isle. Superb. Probably shopping at Farm Foods, aren't we? 
Oh, that, is it that bad? Or what's it, the Iceland food warehouse, where it's like off-cuts off of Iceland's normal food? Yeah. <laughs> the Greg's Outlet on Grand Avenue in Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I tweeted out this week about Charlton signing someone like Marcus Madison, right? And that feels like the kind of player that we're going for, doesn't it? That kind of up-and-comer from League One who's had a decent season last year, Tom. I mean, I don't even know who, who exists out there at the moment. No, that's the problem. And I, I think it's the same for our scouts. I, I don't think they really know what's out there, really. Um, yeah. yeah, it's worrying times. Um, I, I just really can't see who we're going to bring in. Um, I think we're just going to have to hope we have a Liverpool run of fortune with injuries and hope nobody gets crocked for the whole season and just make do. I just I really can't Madison see Madison signed for Charlton. Yeah, Madison signed for They got Madison and Johnny Williams, right? Yeah. That, that feels like better business than anything we'll do. Yeah, that, that's it, right? It's like Charlton are a, an absolute crisis club and they're making better signings than us at the moment because we're making no signings. And they're and a league below as well. They are a league below, but they're yeah. a London club. So The one thing I'd say, though, is like... Even though Charlton's a shithole. Say, like, we'd signed Kiefer Moore a little bit later in this window. Mm-hmm. Would we be as miserable as we are now? Do you reckon that's just come too early for us in terms of it's well, out it, of the it, way... It kind of, it kind of, it's like a starting gun, isn't it, of a race? Like, right, we've made a signing, and you expect, like, not like one a week, oh, but you expect yeah. there to be three or four to come in afterwards. But obviously, we signed, we signed him quite early, Tutu quite early, and Ojo seemingly quite early in the in in this extended transfer window. Um, do you, do you, ben, do you think he's just banking on the Premier League squads kind of settling now? Ten days to go between uh, this window closing and the the domestic window closing, and do you think he's just banking on maybe getting some offcuts from the Premier League? If if Hotter is being released to free up space in the Villa squad, there could be a raft of players being released, right? Yeah, I think it's either that he's looking at the loan market, who's coming down from the Premier League that might be available. He spoke to clubs and said, "Look, we're looking at this guy and seeing what they do in the window, and taking someone from a Premier League club." I think that's sort of where his eyes might be set, um, and will make sense, which would hopefully mean early discussions have at least taken place mm-hmm. but um, I just don't know it's it's hard to tell before the club were crap and stuff would get out very easily you sort of get an idea of where the club was going it's very closed off now isn't it yeah no more updates on the Anis Abraham's message board you can still buy his book you still can buy his book do you remember when we signed J- the Anis's message board announced that we were signing James Vaughan but then it never happened it was like oh, yeah everything every season done. Meant to be signed yeah again. James Vaughan yeah Christ. Could sign him now, actually. He's doing bits at Tranmere. Got two goals yesterday against um, Neil Cox, former Ian Cox, or Ian Cox. How did Dirk Couch's kids get on at Howells? <laughs> they, 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 they matriculated and they've all graduated now off to um, respective universities across the world. They're you know brilliant, flying kids, doing really well. Doing really well. That, yeah, that was one of the most ridiculous rumours in recent times, wasn't it? Dirk Couch's kids enrolled in Howells. <laughs> I've, had it, I've had it on good authority, Dirk Couch signed, and he's, he's already enrolled his kids in Howells school. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, message Ridiculous, board. really. I mean, we, you know, we could maybe get Dirk Couch to do a job now. How old is he? Yes, yeah, so I fucking take him. <laughs> At this rate, I would take anyone, really. Yeah. Because we aren't going to sign anyone, are we? It does yeah. feel like that. It does just feel like... Do you remember what was that year that Leeds did the thing, uh, the tweet, uh, don't go to bed, we've still got activities coming up and they sold their two best players, then said, that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it feels like. This way, this, the window's shaping up to feel like. Oh, yeah, but, what, on the final day, we're going to sell Sean Morrison and Kiefer Moore. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know... They completed his transfer to Manchester United. What was that, sorry? 
Alex Smith used to say he completed his transfer to Manchester yeah. United. Oh, Christ, yeah. And there'd be Joe Day and goals. I think, yeah, we're going to go into the season with about 18 players, aren't we, in the squad, actually? Um, I was going to say talking about former players, but uh, interesting news about a former manager today, wasn't it? Uh, good segue there. Well done, Ben. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, what happened there? He did an Ollie, didn't he? He's at the wheel, the wheel and fucking veering off, aren't they? Um, I think Aston Villa maybe have gone five one up. Yep, five one up. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. What though. is going on? Let's not worry too much. Yeah, let's get this international break out of the way, and then perhaps football will just kind of level off a little bit again. Perhaps we'll beat yeah. England on Thursday nine nil or something. God, I hope so. I hope so. Um, By the way, if, if Harry Maguire starts, then we've got a chance. Oh, Kiefer versus Maguire. That's something I want to see. I think, I think Kiefer will bully him. Harry Maguire yeah. looks completely shot, doesn't he, this season? For a bloke that's called Slabhead, it's amazing that the fucker can't head a ball. Can't head a ball. Well, I was reading somewhere today that someone Only said Greek that... Police. Only Greek Police. Only Greek Police. A lot of people who played with Harry Maguire previously have said privately that because of his, his slow pace, the rest of the defenders have to do so much more. Because Harry Maguire can't turn and react quickly because he's so slow. So all of the other defenders have to compensate for Harry Maguire's failings. Which doesn't sound like a very good defender to me. United at 200, if you count the goalkeeper and the back four, United have played over 200 million pounds worth of players on the pitch in those positions and still conceded that first goal like that. See, it's not that bad, boys. <laughs> Positive. And then you, <laughs> Positive see, you, see, you see absolute helmets like Don Booth saying, oh, if you're blaming this result, not only going to Solskjaer, then you need, you're deluded. Like, I, there's, there's, there's massive issues with Manchester United. But any other manager, United are not losing that game five one. I just, I just don't think there are massive issues at Manchester United. They're, oh, they spend mo- no, but they spend money every year. They've spent a lot of money over the last few years. They've got marquee players like Paul Pogba. The issues aren't really that they're not spending money. The issue is they've got an incompetent transfer chief in Ed Woodward. Exactly. You can't. Like they've still spent what forty million quid on Donny Van Der Beek this summer. They're going to sign that Tellez somehow, and they'll probably spend a bit of money this week on someone. They're going to sign Edison Cavani, right? That's a targeting like. If you look at transfer policies, they're a club that are targeted Jaden Sancho for a year and a half. Have realised they're not going to get him despite being told the price they need to pay, and say they're just going no. And now they're going to end up with thirty-three-year-old Edison Cavani instead. You're listening to the View from yeah. Old Trafford, <laughs> <laughs> the latest Manchester United podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, well, let, let's touch on Ali and Solskjaer briefly because obviously he's having a massive failure. Ben, do you think he'll last that much longer at Man United with performances like that? Tom shaking his head. I genuinely didn't think he'd still be there now. Honestly, yeah, I did yeah. not think he'd be. He'd see a season out when he signed for him. He's honestly the worst manager I've ever seen at Cardiff, and we've had some fucking shockers. Well, I always say this to, to people. It, it says a lot about him that he was replaced by Russell Slade, right? That we were happy to replace him with Russell <laughs> yeah. Slade as well. He made Russell Slade look like he did a fantastic job, which again, yeah. a different argument completely. But just what are you going to jump in there, Tom? I thought Slade did okay. He did. Well, he got, he got right. to what, eighth in the championship. Yeah, he? I thought I was about to say he did okay until Gunnison absolutely tore him a new one in the podcast. <laughs> and, I shut, <laughs> and, I, and I quickly shut my mouth and deleted it from the notes. It was amazing but, how quickly that fell out of the air. The notes <laughs> came out of that. Yeah. Bricked it. But I, I wasn't having that conversation with that one, Gunnison. We can tell you that. But no, it's, through, the, the, through the Zoom, <laughs> Zoom call somehow. But, but like Ollie at the moment, it is just shades of Cardiff 2014 or whatever it was, isn't it? Like... Just, can't just defend. Seems, yeah, can't, can't attack. Shambles. See, it's okay inept. now, boys. It's all looking fine at Cardiff. Let's all cheer up. 
But the thing is, we're comparing it to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who we know is terrible, right? So that, we should discount this from the comparisons to how bad football is at the moment, because Solskjaer's just a bad manager. Yeah, Susan and he bottled he bottled coming over to clap the Cardiff fans at Old Trafford last season, which was <laughs> quite funny. <laughs> kind of like two two he took an absolute hammer in the whole ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, he deserved. If you've been well. called a dickhead for ninety minutes straight, you're not going to walk over and go, "Cheers, lads, nice to see you." Happy times, happy times. Um, and he, obviously, where you said before, Ben um, Guido Bergstall has gone. Where's he moved to? St. Pauli now. Yeah, he's gone um, in Cardiff City, former player watch. We're bringing that back again because it was so popular by two people the other week. Oh, yeah, uh, massive. Former amazing Cardiff City legend Guido Bergstor. I think he played all of 75 minutes for the club. Um, he's today. He, the other day, completed a free transfer to St. Pauli from um, Schalke, Schalke, who are he... another club in absolute fucking crisis. Yeah, they just lost David Wagner, haven't they? And obviously you have another former Cardiff City player in, in Ravi Matondo there. Tom, do you think Guido Bergsolo was given a fair crack of the whip at the club? Um, probably not, really. If he only had three appearances, I think he had, didn't he? So, yeah. Um, no. But <laughs> there was just, <laughs> it, it, like I said, it was just an absolute shambles during the whole of that period. We just brought in a load of. Is it like. Javi Guerra. Yeah, like it was just a lot of players coming in with no sort of system, no balance. It didn't really fit. So, yeah, he didn't get a fair crack of the whip, but. <laughs> and not being funny, everything was all over the sh- shop at that point. It, that was a funny period in time, wasn't it? You have Aguera, Bergstoller, Ingerberger, Eichram. Um... Well, do you know how many players we signed that season? One, two, I'm doing it on Wikipedia now, keep talking. One, two, uh, Matt Starley. <laughs> it was just a complete <laughs> then, shape. Yeah. And then how many of them left of like contract terminated and stuff like that as well it's oh, like we didn't fortune. get a f- yeah fortune in and fuck all but but over that left. season over that season we spent we signed 21 players in 2014-15 ah, right we, you've got to think that season was really weird because we went from signing spending like millions of pounds on strikers we signed like Adam Lafondre for like 2 million or whatever all those players we brought in and then we ended the season with Owen Doyle up front and yeah. who's banging them in now See, signing people is overrated, but everything is fine. Look look what happens when we sign people before. It didn't work. Let's sign no of, one. The it's list fine. of players is quite impressive. Bergstaller, Lafondre, I can never say his name, but um, the South African, Dikagoy. Um, oh, the Dikashri. That's on. it. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to stumble over it because I was going to go like, Jikochi? I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, Javi Guerra, F- Frederico Makeda, Charlie Horton, Tom Adeyemi, who I found out yesterday is apparently trained to be a doctor. Well, he's a very he's clever man. Yeah, he was. I heard he was like supposed to be quite a bloke, bright bloke. He's he's going through his medical degree at the moment, apparently. So he's um could be a doctor after this. Danny Johnson, don't even know who that is. We signed him from. He was in twenty ones. Yeah, he was, he was quite good, and then we got rid of him. Sean Morrison for three million. Pilkington for about a million. Danny Gabadon on a free. <laughs> Bruno Equile Manga. It feels like two eras of Cardiff City colliding. Yeah, but it's um, it's the timeline. You look at the start of that season who we signed in the summer, and then look who we signed in January. I just see the different January was Scott, Scott Malone for 90 grand, completely unheard of transfer fees. Great, um, Alex Ravel for 175,000. Lee Peltier, it says nominal fee, but um, I think he was, he was basically a freebie from Huddersfield. Stuart O'Keefe for almost three quarters of a million pounds. Owen Doyle and Matthew Kennedy. That's some good signing. We also, we also that season signed Semi Ajayi. Yeah, I know. That, that's one that kind of just gets forgotten about, like how nothing came of that yeah and now he's what he's starting for West Brom in the Premier League yeah three yep. games in the Premier League for West Brom happy days eh 
Happy days indeed. So yeah, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's having a massive failure. Guido Bergsall is having a lovely time at St. Pauli. Any former players you want to bring up? Ben, Tom, anyone else? Uh, Dali left St. Pauli to go to Genk. Genk. So we had one, one City player in, <laughs> one City player out. And I didn't realise that St. Johnson has become the Scottish Cardiff City graveyard. Who else is at St. Johnson? Because obviously Jet's now at Livingston. Conway. Yeah, Craig, Craig Bryson, Conway, oh, Bryson and Conway. Elliot Parrish all at St. Johnson. Elliot Parrish. God, how many did he even play for us? He's come up. This is like the second time this season the man's come up on the podcast. <laughs> if you mentioned him on. on this podcast, he probably has in the club the whole time he was there. <laughs> Livingston. Have Livingston got anyone else? Because they've got Jet. Have they got any other former cards? Kieran Brown's there on loan. No, I can't see any other former card. Oh, yeah, Kieran Brown. So they've got Kieran Brown and Jet. Interesting. They can talk about how much they love the club. <laughs> oh, they hate it. Uh, right. I don't know where I'm going to next, but boys, here we go. International break. We talked about it briefly earlier. Do you think it's needed? Tom, do we need a break? I think I do. I think I need it for my own sanity. Let's move away from Cardiff for a couple of weeks. Okay, you yeah. know, It will be interesting to see how um, Kiefer Moore will react with some like someone actually passing the ball to him mm-hmm. um, so we can get excited again for a little bit. Um, maybe Vox will get some game time. My, my dad, shout out, who um, didn't realise Vox was Welsh this week, despite watching him <laughs> at least four or five times for Wales. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it'd be, I, I'm looking forward to the international break. And like I said, it's needed. Isn't it? Time to gel for the players. Time to freshen up. Ready for that promotion push. You say, you say it's, it, this is the weird thing, right? You say freshen up. We've got three games during this international period. So Kiefer Moore's going to be playing three games. Box but apart from that, well, who else have we got playing... Well, Volks, obviously. Um, but but I think he, that's it, really. he might not get on the pitch, though. Like, I, that's what I mean. It's time to gel. It's only Moore who's going to have something to do for a bit and mm-hmm. not aimlessly run around for three games. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it is time, I think, for our squad to freshen up. So I think it's a positive. Ben, do you agree? Yeah, for me, it's just I'm looking forward to sort of getting a buzz about watching a bit of football again. Um, it's been a difficult couple of weeks to support Cardiff. It's just not... Like I've not been excited to watch it, even if it's yeah. watching. Like just, yeah. like it's felt like more of a chore than it should. Um, and to be honest, the nice happy buzz and the vibe you get around the Welsh international, even when you're watching from afar, which we will be at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a nice little change. It's just a bit of positivity around the place. It's going to be fun, and that's what I want from football. I want football to be fun. I've got enough shit to deal with in work. I don't need to deal with it with football as well. All right, mate. This isn't fucking therapy. I get it I get it yeah works shit um, I was going to quote Blink-182 then I thought you were going to go down that I know it just the hand, my, my synapses aren't currently connecting oh, my, um, my notes are just gone I mean what would you do if you were Neil Harris in this time Ben I think during lockdown the lockdown time it was clear he, he got into grips with the team and worked on his, his ethos and ideas a bit more do you expect the same do you expect him to put some new ideas across or do you think he'll just work on what he's already been working on I think they just need to work on linking up Being with Kiefer Moore. Yeah. And the problem is Kiefer Moore fucks off for two weeks with the international break. Um, yeah, I just think the midfield needs to work. And uh, Aston Villa, six. Liverpool, two. <laughs> See? It's fine, and they're still, boys. they're still 24 minutes left. Ah, and I'm speaking to you, Muggs. Great. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, let's get through it. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it, wrap it up. What is going on? Yeah, what uh, is going on? Um, yeah, um, it's just, yeah. Alex Ferguson, bloody hell! 
in short, Harris needs to work on the midfield. Defence is looking all right and sort of just spend the rest of the time trying to fucking sign someone. Yeah. yeah do you agree, Tom? Yeah, largely. Just put like some, I don't know, like a, a Kiefer cardboard cutout in the box and just do some crossing drills for two weeks. I think that's or what we need to do. Put, just put Glatzel there and say Glatzel be like Kiefer more? I think I'd rather a cardboard cutout. No, um, oh. I think and I think there's more to come from Glatzel, to be fair. Well, I um, don't think so, because Harris clearly doesn't want to play him, does he? Yeah, but at least he hasn't sold him the Sheffield Wednesday for fuck all. So, that's true. Yeah. So he can't hit. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Still two yeah. weeks left. Yeah, but perhaps um, I don't know. Watch the international fixtures. See if there's any kind of like domestic transfers we can get from any of those players. That doesn't make any sense, does it? I know what you're trying to say, mate. Carry on. Yeah. Can you do you know this domestic window? No, nope, so, don't know, mate. I haven't got a clue. No one knows. Well, doesn't does anyone <laughs> no. know? So is it like if you're a British registered player, like if you're playing in in the in the English league, you can sign for another two weeks. If you're playing in Europe, yeah. you can't then. Yeah, yeah. it's basically a go. window so the Premier League clubs can um, destroy and eviscerate the Championship clubs a little bit further. A little bit just more. To, yeah, just the thing, to, I have, uh, the thing I've got worried is any transfer we do is an international transfer. Well, oh. uh, it's 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 not by the league system. It is by registrations. Right, so, okay. in, international clearance has to be provided to the player because obviously they they're registered by, with the FAW. But I think because we're in the league system, that's where the transfer window impacts. Oh, okay. Otherwise, that, good that point, is a ben. shit loop. That is a shit loop. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise we are completely fucked. It would be very Cardiff City, though, wouldn't it? It, was, yeah, it would be very Cardiff City. <laughs> um, and it, I mean, it, like I said, going into the international break. But let's look ahead to the post-international break. That's when things get really hotting up there, boys. We've got five games in 13 days after the international break. Preston, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, Derby, QPR. Tom, if we don't sign anyone, does that make you worried? That that sounds quite hard, doesn't it? (laughs) Like, man, there's no easy games in the championship, as we know. (laughs) But but no, that sounds like... That could be a a decisive kind of period for us there. Like, we, we don't pick up points in those games, or many points... It's going to be a long season, but it could really de- define our season. Um, yeah, it's going to be a big week or so for us, and yeah, that's, yeah, it's going to be a big week for us. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you can say. Ben, <laughs> that's all I got, mate. Pres- Preston, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, Derby, QPR. Where do you see us getting points from those five? Um, Preston at the moment because they seem pretty dire. They mm-hmm. beat Brentford four two, mind. Oh, did they? No, fuck, I missed this that. is what I mean. <laughs> this, oh, yeah, I predicted it to go they? down. Yeah, they beat them 4-2 I bought the Football today. League paper and I haven't even read it. Well, I've, no, it's today, wasn't it? Let me oh, right, it. that's why I missed that watching. Yeah, yeah. Let me double-check this now. No, no, I think you're right, mate. Maybe this is seamless, right. boys. But, um, yeah, like, the games that I, I thought that would be the easier ones in that run, like Preston, suddenly now they've hit a bit of form and are winning, well, have won a game. Yeah, Derby so, the same. Derby the same, yeah, exactly. So, I just feel like I'm going to be saying for fuck's sake a lot over October. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of football. Tra- but- transfer window closing. Oh, for fuck's sake, we haven't signed anyone. International results going, not going our way these, these next five games. It's just, I just think it's going to hot up, isn't it? Like you say, the players are going away for a, an international break. But if Kiefer Moore plays those three games, he's come back, he's going to start those five games as well. There's a lot of, a lot of work for the boy to be doing because carrying his football team on his back. Like, um, what would you rather then, kind of, as a, a Wales and Cardiff fan, would you, from a Cardiff point of view, would you like to see him rested in a couple of those games? Do you want him not to play against England? No, I want him to play against England because I yeah. want to bully Harry Maguire. But I just, I, I just, I feel like there's just too much football at the moment, isn't there? 
you know, if yeah. Kiefer Moore's played what he's played this game now, he's going to play three games. He's going to be almost playing ten games um, in in the month of October. That's a lot of football to be. That's a game every three days. Post COVID world, isn't it? Well, pre, well, current, yeah, it's just ridiculous, really. The amount of football, the new normal, terribly, Tom, is the phrase. The new normal, that's, that's the one. They're trying to cram in so much football at the moment. That's why I think, yeah, I think that's why it's hard to get kind of um, up for a it's lot of it. games because, yeah, it's just it, it just is so different, it's just so weird a situation. And I can't tell if we're doing well or not at the moment just because it's so hard to get up for it in the first place. Oh, we're not, almost quite easy. Oh, I find. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, so by the end of October, after those five games, Ben, we're, we're currently 16th in the table. Where do you see us being? You've got to be sort of eighth in and around eighth and above, really, sort of. That's where you'd hope to be anyway. Like, it's really early days. Even after them, what are we? We're still only nine games into the season. There's yeah. Nine, ten games in the season. There's a lot of football still to play. Like, a lot can come from it. It's just, you don't want to be cut adrift too early and sort of, it's going to be tough this year. The league's very, very close. There's a, no real runaway team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you don't want to be dropping too many points early on, and sort of the fans. We're we're, we're guilty of it now. Look, we're sort of doom and gloom after this sort of short period of time. Yeah. Um, we're quite easy to turn. It's not exactly the most positive things. If the transfer window is a disaster as well, suddenly the pressure grows on Harris. And I know the yeah. fans are. Stadium, but there's still the pressure is still going to mount on the players and everything. I don't want to see that. I want to see the club sort of like the start of lockdown after we beat Leeds and sort of start like the club was really positive, it seemed in a good place, seemed it was going in the right direction again. I think the frustration from a lot of fans is the club feels like it's taken a step back. Yeah, yeah, gone three steps forward, three steps back. Said, I don't like the way you dress. All the old kind of mid 2000s um, pop punk, it's kids in glass houses reference there, a few boys. Um, Tom, <laughs> bad transfer window, a loss in, you know, we've got those five games coming up, maybe one win out of those five games. Things are going to start to build up on uh, Neil Harris, aren't they? We talk about the kind of 10-game mark in a season, but it feels like there's, he's not getting to a point of no return, but if there's a bad transfer window, he'll be in bad people's... He'll be in the, he'll be in the bad books of a lot of people then at that point, won't he? And that's when the pressure's going to build, right? Yeah, I think fans are lose patience. Um Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we're doing it like a huge amount wrong. Um, no, like we said, uh, yeah. it, to, to be clear, I, I don't want to add to the pressure, but that's just the state of the the, the play we're going to be in, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm just in the mold of like at least we're not Forest at the moment. Um, yeah, I think that's what's happened. Him yet? No, no. no yeah. uh, Apparently, but, he's going to Al. I think a, a Qatari team potentially. Uh, fair, but like, yeah, look, we're not Wickham who haven't scored yet. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not Forest who haven't won yet. So uh, it could be worse, but pressure will start the month, especially if we come back after the international break and say we lose two in the bounce, then we're really kind of up against it. And mm-hmm. at the moment, because there's so much football on all the time, people again fed up fairly quickly now, aren't they? And you could see, you can see fans starting to call for his head very, very mm-hmm. soon. I'm not going to be one of them, definitely not. Especially, in, I, I just you just can't treat this season like we've treated others. And I think patience is more important now than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we just got to kind of see it out and just, I don't think it's the end of the world if we're not, as long as we're not in the relegation zone come Christmas, I, I don't think I'm going to be too unhappy. I know that sounds so ridiculous, but... With, it's with funny it how so expectations change. Change, Yeah, I've gone from, like, what did I say? I reckon we finished seventh or eighth. But I don't know, I'd probably take 
top 10 right now. Ben, would you take top 10? No, I still think we've got, I still think we've got enough there to get in the playoffs. All right. And I, I think, you know, I'm just happy to be here. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Rounding off the podcast this week, as per usual, is the view from Minion Hall of Fame. Last week was a very Callum Patson-themed Hall of Fame. We had uh, uh, another loss for me, who came in third with him slugging his MD2020 after the uh, promotion. Uh, ben, you were second with Copy and Will Volks' somersault. And then, Tom, you, you took the lead with two foot in the net. So congratulations. That's your second win of the Hall of Fame season so far? It was a third. 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 Uh, so Tom, you're th- the voice of the people, Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> so you're on three, Ben, you're on one, and I'm uh, absolutely behind in zero. I haven't picked a Hall of Fame entry yet. I'm just going to do it off the cuff. Um, and I don't know what it could be. It could be something massive, it could be something small. Oh, so, Tom, on, that's not fair. As, as winner, you get to go first. Well, I've gone for, I can't see a win for me this week. I've gone for the Ninian Park Club shop. <laughs> um, going up to games, I would have been like, early teens like growing up playing football in the morning down in like in West Wales being lumped into the car with the tracksuit over the top um, of muddy legs going straight up the Ninian Park rushing just in case we're late in case there's traffic there was never traffic and I'd end up outside the ground two and a half hours before kickoff so I feel like I spent a good few years just walking around that shit all <laughs> of a club shop looking do I, do I want to buy the book of uh, a hooligan Aston Villa 7 Liverpool too. Nah. But can we go back to the club shop, please? Yeah, go back. Sorry, just club shop. You know, you, I'd spend run that horrible little porter cabiny thing. It's like, do I want some really poor Joe McGee? Do I want the book of a Soul Crew member telling me about who came down to Indian Park well-handed? You know, <laughs> and I, I just got fond memories of buying like the signed pick. You could buy the the autograph card with everyone's, little cards, you know, yeah. with the players on it, and. I have still got it stuck on my wall to this day. And, you know, I've got very fond memories of that club shop and I think that should uh, be entered into the view from the Indian Hall of Fame for this week. I remember going into the club shop on a match day once to try and get Lee Bullock put on the back of my shirt for that season, um, nice. which is a very specific memory of a player <laughs> who came on loan from York. Didn't really set the world on fire, but I loved it for some reason. I, I've uh, still got a coat from that club shop where my dad's bought there and said you'll grow into it <laughs> have you still it, have you grown into it yet uh no it's still one size too big for me now and i'm <laughs> six foot four and slightly overweight so i don't know how big you <laughs> thought that was going to be <laughs> wow that okay so uh, the the linear park club shop ben what's yours uh, i've gone for a bit of a sentiment a sentimental one but sort of the last couple of weeks the women's football has taken a bit of a hammering on twitter by football twitter dickheads um the usual the thing are, in the world. yeah, just you know, the usual dickheads. Can, oh, they claim they should be being paid. They claim to be wanting to be paid the same as men's and stuff like this. Um, so I'm nominating the Car City uh, women's team uh, just because I think they need some decent, some something nice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all semi-professional or amateur, playing in a very strong league. Um, all t- full-time jobs, families, everything. Give up their time to play for the club. Uh, travel all around the country playing. At a decent level, um, I think they deserve a hell of a lot more respect than they're actually getting. I think some of the lads that have come in all the shit they're getting um, would shit themselves if they actually went up against them because there's some good footballers in that women's league. Well, um, and also, I, co- I did a lot of coaching with um, 
them when I was about 16, 17, before I messed up my shoulders. And there were some real, real quality players there that put a lot of lads I've played with who claim to have played at a decent level to shame. So I'm just giving the women's team a bit of respect that they deserve. I completely agree. And I think what I was going to say that I didn't mean to interrupt, it was just uh, the point was in my head at the time. Like the people who criticize them couldn't do it themselves. They couldn't maintain a full-time job, the training commitments and the, the kind of match commitments that, that this happens. You know, I, I, I watch a lot of non-league football. It's a similar thing there. The respect these players get for the commitment and, and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it should be, it should be much, much more because they're the, it's, the, it's the kind of commitment that none of us could, I couldn't do it. I certainly couldn't do it. And I think, especially for goalkeepers playing in women's football, every time they make an error, it's just magnified. And then, but then you've got the likes of Jordan Pickford making absolute howlers. Well, and stuff Adrian like that, today. Which, yeah, exactly. And it's just, they're on a losing battle. No matter what, they could do a hundred things right and then that one thing they do wrong then, especially the days now with social media, it just gets blown out of proportion. Yeah, that quick and, clip. Oh, look at the state of this. Yeah, yeah. and oh, ga- yeah, the game's terrible and stuff like that. But, from like you know, a the club called like fabulous shop flint boys. or something. Yeah. I feel bad now. I, mean, I can't even vote for the club shop myself, can I? That's a <laughs> no, bit it's very, very noble of you, Ben. Um, it's really it's a new one for me. I, I'm not sure how how it suits me to be honest. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm gonna. What, what am I gonna do? What can I do to to match it? Cardiff City men's team. I reckon. Well, no, actually, I, I reckon just... the women will still win. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the women still win. I'm not gonna win this because I'm just gonna go for um, uh, Peter Ridsdale's tax ruse. Um, an absolutely classic moment in Cardiff City history where um, season tickets went on sale about three years before they were meant to go on sale uh, prior to the season because um, we needed money. Yeah, November. We needed money for transfers and we all had to get it for the January transfer window. And then what we all did is we all paid for our season tickets, like record season ticket sales, whatever it was, and it just paid our tax bill. <laughs> Peter Ritzel was like, yeah, thanks for the money, boys, but no players for you. Uh, what we're actually going to do is pay that uh, tax bill that probably would have been the end of the football club. So, and this That's is not thing, true. Right? We got Paul Quinn, and then we didn't pay the actual transfer fee, and then didn't. the chairman went on Sky Sports News after we signed Craig Bellamy going fucking mental at us. Air, aired us out, didn't he? Um, <laughs> which, which is what we deserved, really. But like the, the thing that got me was like, if, if, the, if Peter Ritzel had been honest and said, we, we need this money to pay some really you know the tax bill that could wind the club up i think a lot of fans would have done the same thing but instead he promised us players then paid the tax bill <laughs> pulled the rug from underneath us i mean it was absolutely classic vintage cardiff city and peter ridsdale so that's going in there just for the lols i think that's gonna win no i don't <laughs> that want it says to win. a lot about our club today that we want yeah. to put a tax ruse into our hall of fame <laughs> i always yeah we're absolute banter merchants as a football club um <laughs> And I think that's where we, we leave the podcast for this week. Ben, what are you going to do during international break to entertain yourself? I'm going to watch a lot of Wales play, I think. Um, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to this international break. Um, I love watching Wales play. It's just nice, isn't it? Yeah. Tom, do you do the same? I know you will because you're a big Wales fan, aren't you? Love Wales. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and get my money back for my flights to Ireland and Bulgaria. But <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, looked, I looked at it today and the, um, the change fee for Ryanair um, costs more than the flights cost. So, um, <laughs> well, I got, I just got my Ryanair money back for the flight I booked to go watch us play in Holland back oh, in June. Yeah. I just got it back last week. So that's taken about six, about three, four months of moaning to them, basically. Glad I, glad I wasted all that time over £25.98. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryanair, if you want to sponsor us. Yeah, if Ryanair want to sponsor us, um, I will say nicer things about your customer service. They um, won't because they'll say they'll pay us and it'll take about eight months for the money to get to us. In a voucher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. 
wankers. Anyway, boys, uh, let's let's catch up during the international break. I'll speak to you then, Ben. See you next week. Bye, Tom. See you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and